Thank you everybody for tuning in to the second episode of The Female Fist. I have a really exciting guest with us today. Not only is she the 11 time Canadian champion, not only has she won three continental championships, not only is she the two time Pan Am gold champion, please welcome our Canadian representative in the 2016 Rio Olympic games, Mandy Bujolt. Thank you so much Thanks. for joining us. Thanks for having me. No problem. So some of the people in the audience are not aware of your background. Who is Mandy Bujold? What made her who she is today? Where did she start? Where were your roots? Let us um, yeah, so for me, I actually started boxing later on in life. So I was about 16 years old when I walked into a boxing gym. Um, and I kind of followed in my brother's footsteps, although when he was actually in the gym, he didn't want me to, tr to be there training with him. So I actually had to wait till he stopped, um, started doing some other things before I had my opportunity. So I remember just kind of asking a friend to come to the gym with me, which I think a lot of girls do at the beginning. Um, you know, a boxing gym can be intimidating. Um, so I just needed kind of someone to come with me that first time. And then I was hooked. I, I just absolutely fell in love with the sport. I fell in love with you know, how demanding it is, um, just how hard it is to perfect. And I think that's what has kept me um, interested in just trying to get better and better every day. Good for you. That's really inspiring for a lot of young girls that you're right. Boxing gym is kind of intimidating to walk into. Even today with all the progress that we've made as women, it's still like a very male dominant atmosphere. It's hard for a young 16 year old girl to say, I belong here in this environment. Yeah. But it started in Kitchener, right? Yep. Yep. So I'm uh, in Kitchener, Ontario, and I've spent most of my career here. There was, um, I guess, five years before 2016 where I was actually living and training in Toronto with um, Adrian at Atlas. Um, so I have moved back um, since, since the Rio Olympics, but, um, and now I'm training with uh, Sid at SidFit. Right. Right been visiting you last year, which has been yeah. a wonderful gym. You guys have a great system working on there. And uh, Coach Adrian, Coach Adrian Tudorescu. Yeah. I don't know if I'm saying his name right. Tudorescu. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so for those who don't know who that amazing coach is, he was the coach of 1988 Olympic medalist Lennox Lewis, who is also heavyweight world champion. And he was the full-time coach for Mandy Bujold on her pursuit to the Pan Am Games and Olympic Games. You mm -hmm. two were very close. Yeah. I mean, Adrian was a legend uh, in the boxing world. You know, I think when he first came to Canada, I think it was in the 80s. I can't remember exactly. But, um, you know, at that point, he was, you know, a national team coach. He had coached basically anyone in Canada who's ever become, you know, an Olympian or a world champion. Um, so he just has so much knowledge, so much experience. Um, so just having him work with you, having him in your corner, um, having him believe in you just gives you a whole different level of belief because you know, he knows what it takes. Um, so we had definitely a special relationship. Um, and, you know, I still carry a lot of the things with me that, you know, I've learned, um, over the years working with him. Um, and I'm very grateful that I did have that time with him. Yes, he was a really strong individual. Like nobody even knew when he, like when he was sick, I didn't know he was sick. No, neither did I. I'm doing how to work yeah. with eyes. Yeah. When I found out, I was like, what? I swear to God, he was just in the ring with the other Adrian that was at Atlas. I swear I saw him doing pad work with him. He was definitely yeah. 
really strong. Yeah. Yeah. He was definitely very strong. I want anyone to, I think, feel bad for him. Um, so I mean, even for me, he was, I knew he was sick, that there was something going on, but I didn't know that it was cancerous or that like, you know, he only had X amount of time to live. So, um, it was a little, it was unfortunate for me because I didn't feel like I really had that opportunity to like, thank him and talk to him and like have those moments, um, to be able to really say goodbye. But, um, you know, I, I just, I think that's just the way he was. He was a fighter right till the end. Um, so, I mean, he, that was, that was his way. So, yeah. yeah. We'll say when you were competing at the Olympics and we were all watching at Atlas, <laughs> you could see the, he was very proud. Yeah. Very proud. There was a moment that he actually excused himself when you were on one of your breaks. And I think that he was, I think he, like between us, I think he was a little teary eyed a little bit. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was really proud of you. Yeah. I, no, I know. Like that. He, yeah, it was a really special moment. The love, you can visually see it. Yeah. Yeah. You guys had a beautiful bond. And speaking of your Olympic games, not many people know what was going on with you during that time. Like, can you walk us through from when you landed in Rio up into that second match? Um, yeah. So getting to Rio, everything was great. Um, I felt great. We had a great training camp leading up to, um, the Olympics. Um, you know, our, our, um, draw came out. Um, I initially drew Uzbekistan, um, for my first fight. So that fight happened. Um, I didn't know anything. So there was, um, 16 girls in my weight class or no, sorry, there was 12 girls in my weight class. Only two of them. I didn't know. And she was one of the two that I didn't know. <laughs> of course, <laughs> so I had no idea, like when stepping into the ring, if she was going to be Orthodox, if she was going to be Southpaw. Um, and that's really tough at an Olympic games. Cause normally yeah. you can do a little bit of research, but for some reason I couldn't find anything on this girl other than how she had qualified and who she beat to qualify. Um, so anyway, that was, I think the biggest challenge of that first fight was just getting in there and having to adapt really quickly and like a high pressure uh, situation. Um, but the fight went really well. Um, you know, I was able to, to win that fight on a unanimous decision. And then I had, I think it was four days off in between two fights because the tournament's so long. So it is a bit more spread out. Um, so we just continued training, continued staying sharp. Um, and then, you know, the day before my quarterfinal match, which, you know, winning that fight would have been a guaranteed medal. Um, I was going up against, um, Ren Can Can from China, yeah, yeah. who's, you know, a very strong opponent. She's, she's won multiple world championships. She's an Olympic silver medalist. Um, so I knew it was going to be a tough fight. She's a Southpaw, um, very skilled boxer. And, um, yeah. So anyway, as I was preparing for, um, you know, everything that day, you know, doing my, my weight cut, um, you know, preparing my bag, I just started to feel ill and, um, you know, I was laying in bed and I, at first I just thought, you know what, this is nerves. This is, I'm at the Olympic games. Um, it just, Butterflies, you know, it really yeah, yeah. Something's not right. Cause it was my stomach. So I just thought, no, I'm, I'm fine. I just tried to like ignore it and just, you know, try to fall asleep. And then I just kept tossing and turning. And then finally I got up and I got sick. And then again, I was like, okay, maybe that's just out of my system now. I, you know, can you just go to bed, just relax. Don't have to think about the fight. Most of us athletes do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then anyway, I got up again and I got sick and I thought, okay, this is it. Like I'm trying to convince myself. There's no way that after all this years of training that I am sick in this moment, this is not happening. Yeah. <laughs> so 
you know, after about the third time, it was probably about two in the morning, two or three in the morning. I remember my coach telling me that there's doctors like in our building that could um, help us at any time. So I called, I called Daniel and I basically told him, Hey, like I've been sick, you know, for the last few hours. I don't know. I think I need to see a doctor. So Oh God, right I'm so nervous even like yeah. there just in that moment yeah. to call the doctor just to see yeah so nervous yeah so we we went up we saw the doctor like the Canadian doctor um they tried to give me some medication right away they knew it was kind of a tourist virus and I, there were some other athletes that had gotten sick um throughout the time uh there so they kind of knew exactly what to look for um, so they were giving me some medication, but I wasn't able to keep it down. Like every time they would give me something, I was, you know, sick yeah. again. So the doctor actually ended up because, so we were going to go to the hospital, but the hospital only opened at a certain time. So the, the doctor let me sleep in her bed. Um, and she basically sat next to me. And every time I got sick, she tried to like, give me something else. <laughs> um, so it wasn't like, I hardly, I mean, I hardly even slept because all I was thinking about was just like, my, my mind was just going, Oh my God, how am I going to do this? My energy was feeling depleted more and more. Um, anyway, I got up in the morning. Um, we went over to weigh in and I think what I weighed in is what like shocked me the most. Cause I knew I was on weight going to bed. And then when I weighed in, I weighed in like super light and the the girl weighing me in kind of looked at me. I was like, did you see what your weight was? <laughs> um, anyway, so I had lost quite a bit. Of, I, I think it was like six pounds in fluids overnight. So it was, it was not fun. So right after that, you know, I started to try to, they were trying to give me like Gatorade with some water in it, you know, some toast, so simple stuff to eat to try to regain some energy. Um, but it just, it just wasn't working. So we went over to the hospital. Um, and at that point I was just so weak. I could hardly even walk over there. Um, so then they started giving me like, they had an IV in me. They were putting, um, just replacing some fluids with like saline to try to give me some fluids back. Um, but there was so many, so much going on. Right. And it was just such a, a high pressure moment. Um, I, I just remember like all these doctors trying to communicate and different languages and, you know, can she have this? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Can she have this medication? Yeah, no, I can't have that medication because I'm competing in a few hours and that's a banned substance or that's not. And, you know, that's going to make her drowsy or like, so anyway, oh, long story short, um, I, at some point, you know, I, I just thought, you know what, I have to, I have to go out there and give it a shot. Um, and you know, with boxing, you can take a knee, you can stop in the corner, your coach can throw the towel in. There's a lot you can do if you need to get out of that situation. Um, but I knew that I would regret it for the rest of my life if I didn't at least like step into the ring and give it all I had left. So, um, the other thing that's like when I was in the hospital bed, I just kept remembering this thing that my sports psychologist used to say, and it was, it's not about what happens to you that counts. It's about how you react to what happens to you that matters. And for some reason, this just kept going on in my head. And I was thinking, you know what? I, yeah. So I could be really mad right now. I could be really disappointed. I could like get frustrated and just quit, or I can kind of focus my energy where I'm going to need it, stay positive and just do everything I can in that moment. So that's what I, I decided to do. I just focused on one moment at a time. Even my coaches, they had no idea if we were going to step into the ring till my foot actually touched the canvas. Um, but yeah, I, I, I got in there, uh, not the way I wanted to, of course, but, um, you know what, it's, it's still, that's, that's my Olympic story and there's nothing I can do about it. It's now motivated me to, uh, train for another four and now five years, <laughs> um, to try for another Olympic Games. So, 
But you know what, Mandy, that is such an inspirational story for you to do what you did was so strong and so powerful. And every girl should be looking at that as you never give up watching you from that point of view. None of us knew you were sick. Like none of us knew, like we all kind of thought like, Oh, like her timing's a little off. Like, Oh, you know, whatever, but you didn't look sick. Yeah. We thought like maybe nerves or something, not even, we just thought like, okay, you know, whatever. And we found out what happened. We were all just like, oh my God, I can't believe like you lost all these fluids. You were going through this traumatic experience on one of the biggest stages in your life. Yeah. Like honestly, everything that you pulled through that moment is a real highlight of what kind of strong champion you are. And everybody looks at you with a lot of pride. You really show Canadian pride. You should be really proud of yourself. Thank you. After the Olympic Games, another amazing thing, you became a mom. Yes. You became a mom. Like, what? Was that something that you, like, planned out? Like, okay, we're going to just do it. And, you know, it's the time of life and stuff. Or how'd that go for you? Yeah, I think, um, you know, we've been wanting to have kids for, for quite a while. Um, but obviously with the Olympics, you know, being a female, it's um, a little bit different. You have to plan the timing of that, right? So, um, you know, after 2016, I did take a little bit of a break. I started just thinking about, okay, well, what's next for me? Um, you know, I did start working a little bit and, you know, got married. Um, so it was just the right time for everything. And, um, yeah, so it was definitely planned. We wanted to, um, have a baby and we had a little girl and Kate Olympia is her name. A little Kate. Yeah. Little KO. (laughs) So yeah, no, it's, it's been really exciting. It's obviously had its own challenges. I think, you know, trying to juggle now, you know, being a mom and being an elite athlete is a whole different ball game, a whole different experience. Uh, I'm really lucky, you know, to have great support system around me, a great team to help me. Um, I definitely wouldn't be able to do it without, without the people around me. For sure. Of course. And you have a lot of support, all of Kitchener. You've won, I think, <laughs> of the year for Kitchener, right? Yeah. Yeah. You've won a lot of, yeah. a lot of awards from Kitchener. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously, Kitchener loves me. of all of your <laughs> you're quite an icon, especially in the, uh, the fight industry. So you started your journey in 2004 and you went all the way to 2016 Olympic Games. Now we're here for what we were hoping for 2020 Tokyo. Now we're going into 2021. This is a big time frame. Mm-hmm. So from 2004 all the way to this date, can you tell us even some personal examples of what the differences that you've seen for women in boxing and the evolution of it throughout this time? Yeah, well, it's definitely changed a lot. I know when I first started um there like there was many many times where I would look around the gym and I was the only girl um, in the boxing gym um they, I do remember so Waterloo Boxing has a, like a big history with um you know in the sport of boxing and um you know there was Donna Mancuso she was um a Canadian champion probably one of the very first Canadian champions when we had like a women's team Um, so she was sort of around, she was kind of just finishing her career, um, when I came in. So she kind of took on a bit of a coaching role. So I actually had her as someone to look up to someone to, um, I remember her taking me out doing some like sprint work and she would send me some workouts. She gave me her first like team Canada uniform. And I was just so proud to wear this uniform. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was really cool. Um, and then there was another girl named Rachel Bird, who I don't, 
I think she might've been, she was definitely on a provincial team. I don't know if she ever was on a national team. Um, but she was, I think going pro when I first started. So those were the only two other girls I saw, but they were just like, to me, I would look at them. They were just like tough chicks. <laughs> um, and they were, they were, it was just very inspiring for me, like to watch them. And I never got involved in the sport thinking like, I'm going to go to the Olympics or I'm even ever going to compete. It was really just for me, like learning a skill, like being in the environment, getting fit. Like that's what I liked about it. I never actually wanted to get in the ring and get punched. <laughs> um, so it took me, right? <laughs> yeah. It took me a little while to get comfortable with that, but I do remember watching this girl, Rachel, and she was sparring with the boys. And I remember thinking like, wow, like she's, and I do remember seeing her in tears in the, in the change room and, you know, going, going through all the emotions, but I do, I do like remember thinking like, wow, that's like, that's really cool. Like I want to do that. <laughs> um, so I think like having a couple girls around um, when I was first starting out kind of was like, okay, I can see where I can go with this. Um, but then there was also moments where, you know, I remember being in the ring and, um, a coach just basically kicked me out of the ring for no reason. Just what? stop. Yeah. Just stop. Okay. You can go hit the bag, but you're not, uh, you're not sparring. I was like, what? <laughs> and I knew, well, I knew it was that right. Like there was just a weird, like we never really had a conversation, um, until like a few years later where he actually came and apologized and said, I'm sorry. I just you know, I didn't know how to coach girls. I didn't know how to talk to them. So I just, instead, I just told so you to leave. You out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, if that happened now. Oh, I know. Oh my God. <laughs> Go on. Yeah. And there was still, there was still at that time, just a lot of gyms that just didn't even have women's boxing in their gyms. Right. So there was definitely, I mean, it depended on where you were, um, you know, where you were in Canada, where you were in the world. Um, but yeah, it's definitely changed a lot. I do remember some of my first tournaments, um, where they had like male and females. And so they would have two rings. Um, and then the, the officials would get eliminated or get kind of, as you get closer to the finals, you would have the best officials as well. So as they have like bad decisions, they basically get kicked off and then they get thrown over to the women's side. Um, <laughs> which, yeah, I know. Which is <laughs> we get yeah. over is the guys who yeah. are covered and burnt out. Yeah. So it was basically like telling us like the decisions on that side of the, you know, the tournament don't really matter. Just the girls. Let's just make sure we have the best ones for the guys. So I do remember thinking, like talking to my friends and teammates about it, just like, okay, hey, one day we're going to laugh at this because this is like absolutely ridiculous. Um, but you, I think like there's definitely been so many changes in the last, like even if in the last five years, right? Like with women's boxing, like for one, you know, getting into the Olympics in 2012 was a, was a huge step for us. Um, we've now, you know, added two more weight classes, um, it looks like there's going to be one more added, uh, for the next Olympics, the, the number of women this time, I think last time was 36, this time is going to be a hundred. Um, so the number of girls competing, um, and then the next one will be the one that's actually going to make it equal between male and female. Um, but the quality's there, right? So there's just, I think there's the need for us to have more weight classes, more girls competing as well. So you're seeing more girls in the gym, you know, boxing's being accepted more as like, even just in the fitness industry. Um, so it's great. I think just having the right people, the right role models, there's a lot of really great female pros right now that have come out of the 2016 Olympics turned pro and really brought a spotlight over uh, on that side, which obviously they get more, um, 
television exposure. So Katie it's Taylor, been, Clarissa Shields. Yeah. Katie Taylor. There's so many, so many great champions right now. So yeah. Absolutely. And also too, I think um I think it was the Brampton Cup that actually hosted an award for most females in a boxing team. I think oh, it was yeah? Yeah. So it's great to see how now people are even encouraging the woman to like, get in there, throw some punches, you know, yeah. let's see what you're made of, really bring yeah. it up in you. It's really, I agree. Even when I started, my father would always tell me like, you, Mandy, were one of the girls to watch because you were the top in the country and a perfect example of somebody who really carries himself as a champion was yourself and there weren't really a lot of other girls to look at at that same caliber and now you have literally whole teams of it it's yeah. amazing they even have um the golden the golden girl cup i think the all-female cup in sweden yeah sweden. yeah yeah that's no, really amazing so yeah that's the biggest growth as well sorry is like with the youth and the juniors so you know when we were going to world championships um, we would only have them for like our senior level athletes. And now there's world championships for, you know, thir- or 14, 15, 15, 16, 17, 18 year olds, which is, is what's amazing. And that's really helping the quality of boxing. So, you know, if you're not involved in the sport, like a little bit younger, you're kind of falling behind now. So, um, you know, the European countries are really, really pushing with, with these, um, younger girls, which is, is pretty amazing to watch it's almost putting them at the same caliber as the boys because it's always with the boys that you have to start them young and then once they reach a certain age like you said then you're falling behind yeah with the females it was kind of like okay like if you start when you're 22 that's like okay or like 25 like okay but yeah. now like you said they're pushing them to be younger as well yeah like, this is amazing so of course like in light of the pandemic you know, now that the Olympic games have been pushed to 2021, how has this affected you? Like, do you know your dates and like when you're going to go where what's going on? Honestly, we know like nothing right now, <laughs> um, which is too bad other than the fact that our qualifier, so it was supposed to be, so everything got pushed a year. So including our qualifier. Um, so it was supposed to be in March. It's now going to be in May. So they're saying it's still going to happen. It's still, you know, we don't have like a country. We don't even know where they're going to happen. I have heard some rumors of possibly in the USA. Um, so anyway, we're just waiting as of right now. We honestly, we just have to stay ready. We have to do whatever we can to, um, try to stay at that high level or high performance. Um, it's going to be challenging and it's, I think it's not, it's not just Canada, right? Like every country has, you know, regulations in place, um, you know, lockdowns happening, complete closures happening. Um, so I think it's really going to be about, you know, which athletes can stay motivated, which athletes can, um, you know, stay sharp and try to be creative during this time to, you know, have the best preparation possible. Yep. Honestly, it's, it's hard for everybody. I feel for all you Olympians, you know, four years leading up to these moments and then something like this goes on. I'm really sorry about that, but I know that you're training really hard still. I know that you're doing the best you can. You're definitely an icon for people to look up to and we're all rooting for you. We'll all be cheering for you when you go to the next Olympics. Thank you. Do you have final motivating words for our audience? 
Um, no, I mean, just thank you for having me. This is awesome that you're, thank you know, you coming on <laughs> <laughs> that you're spreading the word for, for women's boxing. I think, um, that's an awesome, awesome thing. And yeah. Thank you so much. Can you put them up for me? All right. Thank you. <laughs>